listening to the Derek Asante podcast, also known as DAPS, the show that brings you insightful conversations about everyday topics. I just aim to keep the discussion above the average. My guests are the ones bringing the social proof to the conversation. Let's get into it. I'm your host, Derek Asante, and today we're kicking it with a brother I think is special in so many ways. Now, he's accomplished so much that so many others couldn't even dream of trying. Not that they couldn't dream of it, but they couldn't dream of trying it. Um, he's not only a father, he's an international ball player, an actor, an entrepreneur, a model. The list goes on and on and on. He's genuine through and through. And I have the purest heart when I say that I have the most respect and appreciation for what he's done and continues to do within any community that he touches down on, the people that he comes in contact with, and so forth. This brother is a fresh of breath air. And I say that when I think about, you know, that Mahatma Gandhi quote, which is, be the change that you want to see in the world. And I think he's an example um, of that. Please help me welcome my brother, Dane Smith. Welcome. Yes, that, yes, Derek. Thank you for the intro, man. <laughs> nah, it's, it's, it's the truth. It's funny because I, I started digging, looking into you for a bit, and I had an idea of what you were doing or what you were involved with, but I didn't realize how many things you had your hands on. <laughs> right? So that's, yeah. that's what really blew me away. So I was like, wait a minute. How can he be doing all these things? So we'll save some of that for obviously the the episode. But yeah, I was just extremely impressed. Extremely, mind you, I wasn't overly surprised. Yeah, yeah, right. And I think that's simply just because of the kind of person that I remember you to be. And and so I wasn't surprised when I saw that you were doing all these things. Um, <laughs> just I was more taken by how many of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, man. so, yeah. um, but what I usually do with this, with this show is I open with a quote. So I'm going to read the quote that I have for you today. And okay. I just want you to tell me what comes to mind when you hear that quote. Okay. All right. So the quote reads, the future is found in the possession of dreamers with ideas. Oh, wow. That one's tough. Where'd you get that one from? My head. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Hold it, hold it. I just figure people who dream usually have ideas, new ideas that can actually have an impact. Yeah. Right. Um, however, the impact only comes when you take action. So that's really where it came from. But what comes to your mind when you hear that? Oh, man. Hearing that, that, was, that piece was like super powerful. Um, just, you know, it aligns, um, you know, it aligns with, you know, when you see something in the beginning, but you don't know the end. Right. So right away when you said that, um, I felt like, you know, you're talking to the, you know, to the Dane of probably 2045. Like, wow. that'd be a great question for me. Like, that time, like, right away when you said that segment, I'm like, okay. I can see myself, like, you just planted another seed in me just now to, like, think of what I need to do to continue it going. So it makes sense in the near future, to be honest. Awesome. Awesome. Now, I really wanted to catch up with you just because of, obviously, the time. Yeah. Right? So much has passed. Um, but I want to start from the very beginning. Let's do it. Right? So 
How old were you when you came to Canada? You know what? Funny story. I was probably I was born in Canada. No way. Um, yeah, I know we were born here, but my mom was the one that, you know, she, her story is crazy because she literally, you know, you know how it is when you, when you get that one, you know, trip, right. She just took, took the trip and came to Toronto and we, we were here since like, my mom was here, was in Toronto probably 87. Wow. And then me and my brother were born 89. And then once that happened, it was a journey ever since like my mom made sure that She'd always tell us that we had siblings. And like, obviously when we're growing up, you don't know you have siblings, but right. she's like, we have siblings, you have siblings. And like, mom, what are you talking about? Just me and Dwayne. But then like, probably just before I came to, to the Lawrence Heights community, mm -hmm. she did she did her thing. She saved her money and she like sent for my brothers and my sisters. So I remember she had like saved her money up so much. It was like six new siblings that I had flew up from Jamaica and with a one-way ticket. Wow. And so... When you ask that question, I'm like, yo, I think that like, you know, maybe 80 or 95 is when like, I finally seen everybody, the whole family, the whole shebang. So, wow. Yeah. yeah. Thank goodness. So when, <laughs> when did you actually reach Lawrence Heights? I came there in grade, I, only, I can only remember through grades, like, like age wise, like I'd have to do the math, but right. I know that I was in grade... Uh, grade seven when I came to Lawrence Heights and then the decision was, the question was the whole time, are you going to stay at your school while you're in Lawrence Heights or are you going to transfer to the school in Lawrence Heights? Oh. So that was the, that was the whole question with my mom, my dad, like, what are we doing? Right. So we just say, we'll stay at the school and we'll just like take the bus down and, you know, my mom worked down the street from uh, my school, which is in Portage Trail, which was in the West End, right, right, right by right. Um, Western Road Lawrence. Yeah, so that's right there too, right? So I think it might have been, I might have been twelve. Wow. Yeah. Now, how would you describe your early experiences with with Lawrence Heights? Oh man, Derek, <laughs> see, I get into the good stuff. I got I got my lady in the room right now. I don't think she's heard. <laughs> like any of these stories, but I mean, but podcast man is gonna bring it out. That's it. That's it. <laughs> um. So my early spirit, like coming to Lawrence Heights, man, that was that was uh, that was totally like a game changer. Because you know when you leave uh, your hood or your environment right. for the first time, you're like you're, your your horizon just opens up completely. Right. So, um, me and Dwayne coming from where we were at. It was like literally a community center within a building. And so like we just like walk over to a building, go downstairs and just go play and enjoy the time with the with the people around. Right. So I didn't have that community sense yet. So when we got to Lawrence Heights, everything was just like it was confusing to be honest. It was like like why is the why is there such a big field here? Why is right. the pool? Right. What is this this whole area the community center? This is what people can walk in and out, like this is what this is dedicated to. So it was just very confusing, man. Like, like the grocery store was there, over bridge, under bridge. I was like, we just stayed like on our side for the longest, and just like the community center was like within vision from our window, so we just like went there and back and forth first. Wow, so, just <laughs> figuring it out, man. Super <laughs> confused, man. So, so when you when you came out and you said, you know what, I'm gonna go to the center or whatever, wherever you touched first. What yeah. was that like when you met 
some of the you know other kids in the neighborhood? What was that energy like? What was that synergy like? Oh, okay. So I think the first person I met was Atta. He was my neighbor. He lived upstairs. Right. And they were actually helping us move in. And, you know, he first dude I ever met, man. I'm thinking, you know, I was like, hey, appreciate it, man. My neighbor's upstairs. And I met Tameskin. Okay. And literally it was like a a, a month or, or, or I met Gertrude in my building too. And okay. so like literally it was a month before I we had even like gone anywhere. We were just like, trying to get accommodated, like, right. feel good about the area. Mm-hmm. So they gave us, you know, like, because they would open the door for us to get inside the building. So that was the first people we interacted with. Right. Now, the center now, I didn't even, me and Dwayne never went there. It was my older brother that went there and said, yo, they're playing basketball there. It was on a Saturday. Right. And when we first went there, like, I swear, I thought I was good in ball. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I I personally thought I was I could and one was popping those times right right so I had some handles I was fairly tall and I think you guys had some league going on and it was before the league though it was like a Saturday and then we just played and my goodness like that was that was that was a game changer right there so I was so confused again I was like wait what <laughs> so just just even like playing and I I don't even think I played first like it was it was. It was more dialogue with a lot of the guys first, trying right. to figure out who's who. Right. Oh, that's your brother? That's your brother? Oh, that's you? Okay. So I was just on some, like, trying to remember that people's names first. Right, right. So, wow. Yeah. But then Asa kind of, like, gelled it down, too. And then, obviously, you were, like, one of the biggest parts of, like, the influences of my development, just in, as a person, like, walking into that center. Because, like, um, yeah, you, you probably, you, you, you were there. And, you know, you had your position there, but, like, you made it seem like I, I could be in the gym. Like, oh, I, Derek, can I come play? Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, could, Derek, is, can I go over here? Yeah, yeah, no problem. So you made, it like, that transition, too, as the adult in the whole building way yeah. easier. Cause I, I can relate to you because we're obviously, you know, from the same, like, we have that same um, skin tone, too, right? Right, so, right, right. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's dope. That's dope. <laughs> I, I, I didn't realize that Atta was the first point of contact for you. So that it makes I, sense. Now it makes sense to me, your relationship. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't realize that, but that's that's good to know. And then he was a twin too. So me and right. we were twins and he was a twin. And then once you, we got that conversation going and then Atta finally met Dwayne and like we literally asked Atta like, yo, like, like where are you going? Like, like you gonna play ball? Like he would chill, but we would just like see like where are you going to the center? That was always our conversation. You going to the center? You going to the center? Right. So that's right. what we had in common. Right. Wow. Now how yeah. how big is your immediate family? Like you, your siblings, when when they all came up, or how many of them do you actually know in 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 total? Um, I know. So there's eight of us in total. Um, at face value, we're probably like maybe six. Uh, me, Dwayne, um, Troy. Marshall, uh, Jareen, and uh, Sashina all grew up in the same house. So there were six of us. Wow. And then my other two siblings, Chris, who was in Jamaica, and my other oldest sister, Tisha, was in Jamaica too as well. So they didn't get the opportunity to come because they had already had their families. Right. But it was six of us in one house, plus mom and dad. So it was like wow. eight of us. <laughs> so how was that growing up with all those siblings in the house? It must have been chaos. <laughs> like Yo, I, I don't listen there's only three of us and then my mom there was a lot of scrapping going on <laughs> what was happening in your house <laughs> all day all day all day no like 
it was crazy because like um, our older brother, those guys were like already mature, so they came down and they, I think they're entering grade nine. Right. And between me, Dwayne, and Troy, we we're around the same age group. That was just like like bundles of fun. Like all of us had different body types too. Like Dwayne right. might have been chubby, Troy might have been super short and small, but he was actually older than both of us. Right. And I was skinny, right? So we like we went at each other. Like we just you know went at each other, race, just played a lot, yeah. and then. Our older brother and sister, they played their role, taking us out to places, movies, and, you know, for I swear, the, the whole time was just, like, straight fun. <laughs> nice, nice. That's what's up. Yeah. Wow. Now, t- tell me about your mom. What's your relationship like with your mom? Oh, man. That relationship is, it's, it's pure, it's golden. Um, it's like any other relationship, like, for anybody and their mothers, like, as when they were growing up as a, like maybe four or three, like my mom's been like the key point in, in our, like, you know, in my life where she doesn't worry. She doesn't let me and Dwayne worry. She's just very calm, easy going. Mm-hmm. And she's super supportive. Like, um, I think like even now, like I, tonight, the segue, like even now I said to my mom, like it just dawned on me, like, mom, how did it feel to have two kids go to school in the States. Like, like, what was your, what was your mentality? Like, what, like, you know, some parents are like, Oh, don't go trick or treating. Cause this can happen or that right. can happen. Like, mom, like what really made you like, what made you say that, yo, this, I'm gonna let my boys do their thing. And, and she just said, you know what? I trusted you guys. You guys were mature. You guys look like you guys really wanted to like, like, you know, there's something you guys are focused on and you guys weren't doing nothing bad. So she just supported it as best as she could. Uh, obviously, things were super tight at times. Of course. She didn't get to come out to a lot of our games, but right. just the fact that, you know, we come home and, like, mom was mom, mom was mom. She'd be there, food would be on table, and we'd just, like, talk and just, you know, relax. And, you know, she just really did her part to the best of her ability, man. Lo- love her. <laughs> so what, what does she mean to you, um, you know, and the man that you've become? Like, how has she influenced you? Oh man, my mom still influences me to this day. Um, she influenced me in in, in the sense that uh, being a man, you have to have morals, treat people with respect, and she just really taught me and Dwayne. Like at the end of the day, like you know how moms are; they they think any girl's not right. good enough for the son. Right. So she did a really good job of teaching us how to like do things ourselves, like you know, like simple stuff: wash clothes, clean right. up properly um like take care of yourself just like be self-sufficient like don't like you know some girls will like you know turn you to a fool right just because they're pretty and stuff so my mom really set that foundation of like you know what you guys are you know young men and at the same time just like value everything you do and she was always on our side man like i've never had like and even till this day like even like you know i have sometimes i call my mom with my situation with my lady sometimes and my mom's just always coming from that, that angle of you know what I'm, I'm experienced I've had eight kids I know what she's doing she just she just when I think she when I think what I'm saying is like this and what I think she's gonna say right every time it's I'm always wrong yeah it's the opposite <laughs> always wrong and she just comes with that that extra yeah perspective yeah so, yeah yeah that's what's up and and what's your what's your uh, relationship like with your dad oh same thing same thing my dad my dad, because he's a he's Rasta, right? So mm-hmm. he comes with that that that, that um, understanding consciousness first, mm-hmm. and anything that we do, like 
it's so it's so crazy like how he raised us like that and like till this day like it, it still makes sense Shayer's day so wow. our relationship with him he's good like it's it's still good they're both like happy we're, we're good um i look to my dad when i ask him questions like when i take big steps in life it's, it's not like basketball where i know a lot about basketball like that right. stage of of life is, is easy for me but mm-hmm. when it's like making big decisions like you know obviously when to have another kid or you know dad I, i'm going to go move we're going to move like what do i do like how do i you know financial stuff i'll ask him right and he'll give me some pointers like yo make sure you have so and so at least so you can do what you can do and make sure you can you guys are straight this way and how do you take care like he just helps me now as like more as a man side of things too so right wow yeah <laughs> he's quiet though he's a quiet guy though but he, he talks, he talks uh, you know it's funny i don't think i've ever met him that's what i'm saying because <laughs> I, I met your your mom because she would come over to the center yeah. right early on just to make sure that you guys were obviously in good hands and things like that because i remember those those moments but I, and so with that i assumed that it was just her in in, yeah. your, in your life, right? So this is all new to me, but that's awesome there, that he's we're, still we're there. And that, <laughs> we're getting deep. <laughs> wow, I didn't know. I didn't know that. So that's that's pretty. That's pretty. Now it makes sense to me now why you guys were the way you were, because um, mm. I attributed all the credit to your mom because that's the only person that I saw, right? Yeah. Um, as far as your you, you and Dwayne's maturity level and even Troy's, right? Like I didn't realize that you guys still had a male figure, you know, with your older brothers, but also your dad in the picture to help mold you guys to become the men that you are today. So I didn't realize that. That's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, no, th- and he did a great job too. Like my dad's funny. Like he, like you won't see him, but you'll hear about him. Like he like he. I think that's his thing. Like mysteriously, like he likes to. Like, if he comes to our games, he mm-hmm. won't stand, he'll sit so far and right. just watch from the distance mm-hmm. and analyze everything that's going on. And then after the game, like, I know, I always know where he's sitting because, like, that's your dad. Like, you just know where your parents are. Right. But I'll be on the bench. I'm like, yo, Dwayne, look at, look at daddy all the way up there. I'm like, <laughs> like, that's how he moves. And, like, there'd be times he might have been at center. He came to center a couple of times. Um, he came, like, he's around, but you just wouldn't, like, notice. Like, he just moved. That's how he moved. I yeah. don't know, man. <laughs> Wow, yeah. man. So what would you say set you guys apart? Or I shouldn't say you guys. I'm not going to include Dwayne in this. this, is, this he's going to have his own episode. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but um, okay. what do you think set you apart from, you know, your peers growing up? What set it, like in Lawrence Heights? Yeah. Okay, I think um, it just... Because just... you moved differently. Like, like you, you guys associated yourself with people in the right settings, meaning, yeah. meaning you were around when it was, you know, game and, and good things, good vibes were happening, but you're never around when the negative stuff is taking place. Yeah. Right. And I don't think that was accidental. That's just, I think it's intentional, but I'm trying to figure out what is it that set you apart to be able to recognize that, okay, you know what? I shouldn't be here during these moments and I should be here for these moments. Cause that's more beneficial. Yeah, no, no, you're actually right, but um, I feel like so. Like again, coming out of grade eight, uh, grade eight was pretty solid. So we had one year in living in jungle. The grade nine, we had two years living in jungle. So I would say, like, we were like one. We weren't around two. We weren't around long enough. Like we'd wake up in early in the morning, eight a.m. So we had that experience where your school is further than where you like. You have to take a bus to school. So we were out of the area from. 
7.30 a.m. And then we get back to like 6 p.m., 4 p.m. at best if we're trying to like go to the center. But some nights it was just, we'd come back home at like 9 p.m. because we had the evening practices. So that was like a usual thing for us. So um, mm. by the time summer came around, um, it, we were so busy, man. Like it was just crazy how busy we were. Um, the community, like, like it was, if, if nothing really like struck our interest, like as a, as a whole or mm-hmm. my interest as a, as a person, then I really like, I'm like, I'm very stubborn to the point. Like if it doesn't strike my, if, it, if it's not beneficial or if it's like, you know, yeah. striking my interest, cause I can analyze things very quickly. I think and me now as an adult, I understand like how I operate now. Like once I analyze something and it's like, you know, it, it's, it's, it's going to be positive, then I will go for it and I'll try to be the best at it. So like most, like some of the things like the weight room, Lawrence Heights, some of the guys never lifted weights. Right. So I would go in the weight room. So I wouldn't see like too many of them that right. were like, no, maybe they'd be in the center doing other stuff. Right. I wasn't there. I was in the, I was in the weight room or when it was time to be in the gym, I'd be in the gym or when it's time to go like to Yorkdale, I would go to Yorkdale and then go home. Like I didn't, I just didn't get, I was too fresh to the area. Like I was just right. still too fresh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. You, you didn't get distracted easily and get pulled into it. No, no, no. And then plus it was, so, it was just so much guys. Like, you know, the first thing would distract me would obviously be females, but I just didn't come across a lot of females in the jungle for some reason. So it was just like a place for like, I went here, I seen the guys. If I went there, I seen the guys. Right. It didn't strike like, oh, there's girls there. I'm going, there. I'm going to go there too. Right. Right. So. right. Wow. <laughs> That's so. Speaking of females, now I want to I want to find out how did you and your uh, are you married right now? Uh, we're engaged. We're engaged. Okay, so how did you and your fiance meet? Oh man, um... <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I know she's right there. So, <laughs> oh. <laughs> how did we meet? Oh man, uh, we met um, through, I think it was, I'm not even going to front, man. Like a lot of people are going to front in 2021. I'm not going to front. It might have been over social media, like MSN. Oh, honest. okay. Okay. And I I just, I glanced her and then, uh, then I just, you know, I just never met her yet. So right. I knew who she was, she knew why we were messaging. And this is like maybe 15, 16, 17. And she lived right around um, or around Falstaff. Oh, okay. Right? But it just never connected. Like, cause she just, like, she's a hater, though. She don't, she don't like no athletes. She didn't want to. <laughs> she tells me every time, like, I don't know how we got together. I don't talk to athletes or nothing. So, um, yeah. And, <laughs> so, finally, in my head, like, I always thought whoever, when I went away to school, whoever showed me that they wanted to, you know, make that extra step and just be like, you know, be a part of my journey in the States when I went to school. Right. I thought that was the person, that was the photo finish I was trying to go for, like love and basketball. Right, right. But then like I finished university and I think I was in my uh, third, I think third season playing pro. And um, yeah, it sh- she's like, we hadn't been talking for a while. I went through my college experience mm-hmm. and she was going through her own experience too. Cause she's from Halifax. She's from Nova Scotia too as well. Okay. And then one of my coaches had, had warned me about Scotian. Like they said, um, they said that when you talk to a Scotian, um, yo, once you talk to a Scotian, man, you're not, you're, you're going to be super distracted. Like it's, it's like, 
that would be the downfall of your basketball career. I was told <laughs> that very early. Wow. Wait, Wayne, why? Why? Um, what's his name? Wait, what? Wayne Wayne Smitty. What's that guy's yeah, name? Wayne? Yeah, Wayne Smith. Yeah. White Wayne. Yeah. I think he was with a Scotian girl, and I heard his story when he went to Scotia, and I heard of his potentials and all that. I heard the story, the basketball stories, and they said that he was with a Scotian, and that was that. Like he just, you know. <laughs> so I heard that story. I don't. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Still. That's hilarious. Oh, I didn't realize that was even a thing. That you yeah. know, speaking to a Scotian can kind of derail your whole career. But they got some <laughs> some magical touch. Come on, man, Derek. They got the Scotian potion, man. They really. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Wow. So then, She's looking at me funny, but so then finally, like, um, we, it was I, like, so now I came back maybe a few, a few years ago and no, no, like maybe 2013. I'm trying my, so I'm trying to like, see what's up. I'm trying my best to talk to her now. Mm-hmm. Now she's like really stubborn. Like she doesn't want to like see me. I'm think I, I already think I'm like, what do you mean? You should come see me like, or I can come see you. Like what's, right. what's the holdup? Mm-hmm. So we're just going through that back and forth thing. And Man, again, she doesn't like athletes, so that wasn't her mo. And then, literally one day, I caught her off guard. I was in the area; she was in the area, and then we met. And then, like that was the first time we actually met face to face. But we knew each other though, so right. it was just it was just rekindling what we were going through. What we were talking about how we're just just filling in the gaps, and then, right. honestly, everything flowed so naturally. And and like I I automatically trusted her because I knew her for how long. So I there was no. Shields for me or anything. I don't know if she had a shield, but, but when, um, when did you know she was the one that you'd want to build this thing with? Oh man, I think uh, we hit a point. Like we had a point when we were dating, mm-hmm. um, and it was it was to a point where it was we we're doing so good, and then there was just hit a point where it's like no, like it was just nothing bad or anything, but it just hit a point where like. It's almost like, why not? No, it wasn't even that. It was like, we hit a point where, like, what are we doing? And because we were going back and forth, like, we weren't like, like, Mm -hmm. there was a point where it was a dry week and, you know, one thing led to the next. And then in my head, I'm like, all right, cool. This might be done. Like, this might be a thing that's not going to be a long term thing. Mm -hmm. But the fact that, you know, and she's going to hate me for saying this, but this is my opinion. Yeah. The fact that, I thought it was like in my head, it's like I'm probably not gonna talk to her no more, and you know it is what it is. Yeah, she she like she, her her colors came out, and like literally, she wasn't ready for nothing to be done. Mm-hmm. And so like when I, because I, I respect that when you see something like she wasn't ready for it to be done, it was like she made her effort, I made my effort, and she's like, "Yo, what are you talking about?" And she basically kind of punked me like, "Are you, are you crazy? Like, where are you going?" Like, <laughs> So she came over to my house and then we like had a deep conversation and then right. shoot, that conversation hit my heart the right way. And I was like, yo, she actually like, like I never had someone had me feel like they actually wanted me. Right. Right. So she made, she, she made that feeling happen. And then after that, I was like, all right. So I was, I was, I was, that was it, man. Nice. That, was it. That, was, that was the moment. How did you, how did you propose? Um, <laughs> She's sitting right here. <laughs> Nika, you gonna say hi? You gonna say hi, Nika? Hi. Hello. 
Um, I, we proposed, um, so this is, so who helped me? Um, it was a planned thing. I had mm-hmm. asked some of my homies and girls, like, how should I do it? I had the lamest idea. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, like, it was just, I think I asked my dad, my mom. Right. And, you know, they were going with the neutral thing, you know, but I still didn't know how to do it. So I, my idea, I just want to throw off guard. So we went to Vicente's house. Uh, she was living downtown for a bit. And we went there, you know, had some wine and relaxed. And then there was like a, a restaurant down the street. I call them in advance and say, I'm going to come and I'm going to propose. So when we come in, can you guys make it look like, you know, just a normal thing? And, you know, so right. we went downstairs, walked to the restaurant, sat down, ordered some food. I don't even know what we ordered. What did we order? <laughs> scallops? Scallops? Yeah, scallops. I've never had scallops in my life. <laughs> I was trying. To, You're trying to impress. Impress. I'm trying to impress. I'm trying. <laughs> scallops, like what? Wow. <laughs> yeah. So we we had um. So I ordered that, and she knew what it was. I didn't. And then before I knew it, everything. The mood was good, and there was a quiet spot. Like this is way before COVID, and right restaurant kind of fancy and then they finally came out mm. and they brought the the ring out and she was, was like wait what wow and, she was and, and then you know it, the proposal happened right she thought it was dessert though <laughs> <laughs> how are we eating dessert are we doing it soon right yeah. right <laughs> <laughs> something doesn't add up <laughs> that's awesome oh man well, yeah, and then you know, the proposed, and she said yes, and then the rest was history. Now we're living together, you know. Nice, nice. When's the uh, when's the date? You guys have a date? Probably like next month, actually. Potentially. No way. Y- yeah, next, but it has to like because we were supposed to do it way before. Like we planned so many trips and stuff, but COVID kept like delaying the process. So we're just gonna go the route of like you know let's let's just go get it done and then we'll do the after stuff but like legally and like yeah, all yeah. that probably next month oh wow congrats man thank you shoot <laughs> fatherhood fatherhood talk to me about fatherhood how has that you know having having your daughter how has that changed you you know you personally for the better oh, for the better having a daughter just like fatherhood fatherhood it feels it feels good, man. It feels like like as much as people want to like as much as I thought I needed to plan it and just like really have a set plan or a mm-hmm. set time. Yeah. Once fatherhood came, it it, it was just so supernatural. It's like you're taking like care of like a smaller you, right? And yeah, it just it just changed like my my thinking sometimes because I because when it's all about you, yes. you don't really. You just go to what you know, but then like there's a, when you have an underlining thing like yo, like certain situations or contracts or deals or scenario, you have to let it be known. Like I have a family, one, right, and you can be you're allowed to be stern with it, and then two, have kids, right? So right. you can say that too as well, so that the other person that's maybe presenting something to you, mm-hmm. maybe they don't have a family or, or you know, but they don't know. So I mean that having my daughter just puts like. It puts everything in perspective and, mm-hmm. you know, it's so much fun. It's fun. Like I get, I get thrills just watching her speak and 
interact and how she plays. And she's so brave, like no matter what, like she's fearless though. That's kids, man. Kids are just make you feel like you're scared out of, you know, scared of everything. Yeah, like she's really, <laughs> she's brave, man. She just like has no fear. Like like she, she's amazing. Kalia. Yeah. Wow, Kalia. Mm-hmm. How did that name came came about? Her mom picked it. Her mom picked it hundred percent. I I like I didn't even know. Like, wait, can we ask her? How did she pick it? Sure. Anika, how did you pick Kalia's name? Oh, this is Derek. Derek, by the way. Hi, Derek. Hey. So, yeah, I just I looked for like a lot of names, like books, and like online, and like I had a like a list compiled, mm-hmm. and that one really stuck out to me, and and her middle name as well. What's her middle so, name? Naima. Naima. But Naima is the name that I, I actually wanted to name her, but that's my favorite like jazz song by John Coltrane. But wow. I didn't like we like Dane has a Naima like kind of in his circle. So I didn't want to give her like I wanted her to be the only Naima. So right. I made that her middle name mm-hmm. and Kalia was another name that stuck up to me. So I made that her first name but yeah Kalia it means like gift and it means like bright wow um it's Hawaiian and there's another 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 ethnicity it comes from but yeah mainly because yeah gift and like brightness like light something like that right um yeah when I see like when I seen her and I held her I was like yeah this is Kalia so it kind of just came to me at that moment. Perfect. That's a beautiful story. Thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, oh, yes. Awesome. I swear, I, I, in my defense, I thought I named her, but... <laughs> you, listen, the father <laughs> never named the kids, okay? I <laughs> thought I named her. <laughs> I thought I did. I swear. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So you were you were the last between Troy, Dwayne... To have a, a child, I'm assuming, right? Yes, yes. I was the last one, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Honestly, it, it it it's different. Meaning, when you have a child, when you're, you know, at a mature state, yeah, the child benefits a great deal than if somebody were to have a child when they're a teen themselves, right? So those are the benefits. People don't realize it, but you're you're wiser. Therefore, your approach is going to be completely different. And you're in a space where you're still not trying to do you. Yeah, no, I agree. If that makes sense, right? Because then because you're still selfish when you're trying to be the person that you're trying to find. And when a child comes in, it kind of disrupts that. And you don't want to let that go because you feel like you haven't, you know, um, matured yet or gotten everything out of your system that you wanted to. And now people are telling you, you got to be responsible because this baby's here. <laughs> Right. But when you're older, you know that you've been able to do a lot in your 20s and so forth. And so now you're like, you know what? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good here because I have more knowledge and experience to share with this person than when I was when I was immature. So, yeah, I think that's a good thing, too, man. Me and Nanika connected now later on, too, because if we would have connected and um, back then, it would just been like a, 
a chase cat and mouse thing until yeah. like you know. Yeah, it probably wouldn't have worked because you're both not mature, and you would have just ended up with another baby mother, right? Sure. And now you're living in different places, trying to raise a child, and it doesn't work because one is still scorned, or one is bitter, one is upset, and you're going through the court system now. Like it's just, it doesn't really help, you know. So yeah. <laughs> hey, what about you, man? What about you, man? Any, any like what's the... I got, I got two little ones. Um, okay. Yeah, I got a six. My daughter's six, and my my son is three. Oh. So my daughter's Grayson, and my my son is Miles. Wow. So, yeah. So they 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 keep me busy. They keep me busy. Jeez, too. So yo, the second one was it was he planned or was like? Oh no, just... both both of them were planned. Both of them were planned. But that's it. Three we're years done. apart. What's that? Three yeah. years apart with the plan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we didn't want him. We didn't want him too close and too far apart. Um. So that's that's what we ended up doing. Um. So Grayson came and that was, she was literally our miracle baby. And then Miles was the second miracle baby. Uh, so yeah, man. So two and they're both healthy. I can't complain. Mm-hmm. They're full of energy. They get along, they fight. <laughs> the energy. You know, it's, it's funny. My daughter was more of a calm kid, even though we thought she was, you know, full of a lot of energy, but then my son comes in and we realize she was super calm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> boys <laughs> are different. No stop. Yeah, boys are different. They just go, 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 right? Um, but yeah, those are the two. Mm-hmm. And that's that. Now, nice. <clears throat> what... I'm trying to figure this out. Five years ago, right? If you think back five years ago, what type of relationship did you have with yourself? Right, that's different um, from today. Five years ago, that's two thousand and seventeen. Yeah, uh, two thousand seventeen. What kind of relationship did yeah, I have with yourself? Because I, I find not too many people actually have conversations with themselves and try to figure out whether their plans are working or not. Are they being honest with themselves? Are they yeah, being, you know what I mean. Like, are they even setting goals? What do they yeah. want? Most people don't even ask themselves, like, what do I want in this life or with in this relationship or anything? People don't ask those questions. They don't have those moments to themselves, I don't think. Um, no, that's that's fair. That's fair. I think 2017, five years ago, I was definitely, um, con- I think uh, that was a continuation of my initial plans I had. Mm-hmm. Um. Because realistically, I feel like 2013 was my first like real like deal plan, and that was my rookie year when I played pro in London, mm. and that's where like I, I every idea I had started my within my rookie year, and then so like I guess five years ago was just a continuation of it, right? Um, but yeah, but so that yeah, would be was, 2016. That would be 2016, five years ago. Okay, 2016. Yeah, it was just continuation. 2000, actually, 2016 was a really good year, I should say. I think a lot of things happened that I was just kind of ready for, but I didn't, I just didn't say no to anything. Like, I, I had so much stuff lined up. Right. And this, the NBA celebrity game came to Toronto, and the year before, I was in Arizona. And I, I told myself, and I said to another dude, and I said it out loud, I'm like, I'm going to play in that celebrity game, like, or I'm going to play in something that weekend. But, mm. And then, boom, the, the year next year, I end up in it. 
So when I seen that I could, you know, say something out loud and think it right. super hard and it actually happened, um, and that gave me the utmost confidence to like put, that gave me the foundation of like, the second foundation of really putting plans together outside of basketball. Mm. So, yeah, I think the first one was like, obviously to get a scholarship play in the States right. and then play pro. Mm-hmm. That was my idea for the longest, but then the second one was like pulling a, a, something out of the sky, just trying to play in the celebrity game because I was rubbing shoulders with like like some high-end celebrities like Snoop Dogg, Terrell Owens, Allen Iverson, and Mark Cuban, ASAP Berg, uh, just like some really high-end people. And I was the youngest in the locker room and mm-hmm. how they treated me that whole entire weekend was like amazing. And I was like, man, like I actually... I had everything to be here. Like it wasn't, it was, it was, it wasn't luck. I made it seem like it was luck, but just the process and everything. So I, I fell in love with just making plans and trying to execute them. So I think 2016, um, yeah, just like entrepreneurship day, entrepreneur day, and just like really trying to stretch. It, it's it's funny you say that because a lot of people don't realize the work that goes on behind the scenes. And how people achieve certain things. People just see the finished product and they believe that it's actually that easy. <laughs> that's no, but that's not like that's crazy. Like how I don't know. Like for people, I mean, they must be not. They must be young when they think that way. But a lot, a lot of work gets put into a lot of things, man. And yeah, that was just like one of them. Like even though like, my, all my peers, like I know, like Alex Johnson does a lot. Ashley July does music. Yeah. And by the time I hear their success or story, like, I'm still too late. Like, as much as I heard it, like, I'm, I'm late. Like, albums right. are done, like, weeks and weeks before. By the time I hear it, it's obviously, like, you know, Alex, by the time I see Alex playing professionally, he had already signed a contract five weeks ago and did training camp. So, right. just that, like, just so stuff, man. Like, stuff, stuff is, you know? Yeah. It takes time. How was, how was your, um, your junior college experience at uh, I think it's Kilgore Kilgore yep how was that <laughs> I loved it I loved it loved it. I think you know what I think Jungle prepared me for that process in, in what way oh my goodness Jungle definitely because the way like I never Sanjay Carr was probably the first guy I seen in Jungle that was doing some ridiculous stuff and I was on his team and in my head I thought he was a hog Mm-hmm. But in his world, he was trying to get 40 points or 50 points. Right. So his mentality was way different from mine. And I played on his team, on a house league team for like the whole March break stretch, I, I feel like. Because March mm-hmm. break was when we did that, those house leagues. Yeah. I watched him for like five games straight go for like 40. And then it wasn't like, I, w- I was never envious or just like jealous either. It was just mm-hmm. like, I just didn't understand, yo, why does this guy keep shooting the ball every time? Right. And... That was that was really amazing to me. That was so amazing. <laughs> I was like, yo, and then Abraham did the same thing, and then Jesse, and then I'm just like, yo, hold on, what are you guys on? Because you guys are on some like, I don't, I don't, there's no like, what? There's a referee, there's real refs and stuff. Like they're on some stuff. So then <laughs> after playing in jungle a number of years, just, just adapting to the culture and doing that. Mm-hmm. By the time I got to my junior college experience, I had already adapted the jungle tradition of like, yo, you just gotta be hungry be aggressive and obviously you're teaching me some stuff that I had no idea like just the footwork foundation how to like finish at the rim how to jump straight up get contact 
and it was just no, it was a number of weeks where it was just trial and error on weekends. Like, like, can I play? Nope. Sit on the side. Wait till the guys are done, and I get my run. So it was a lot of trial and error. Yeah. Within jungle, just that 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 culture, and so I say that because when I got to JUCO now, jungle was like JUCO to me in the first place. Ah. So and then that's when I got like my grade twelve years and stuff. So like now I'm using the track to get ready for a tournament I have maybe in Burlington or something, right? So mm-hmm. I'm using the weight room to get stronger for a, a Canadian national team trials. I'm using the gym to shoot to get ready for something. So right. I was learning that JUCO process. So when I got to junior college, it was it was like, it was like uh, I was here. Like this, this is what I have to do because grades-wise, I didn't make the cut. Mm-hmm. But game-wise, I made it. And our coach had a, our coach told us one thing. He said, look, you're already here for two reasons. You're here because you messed up in the school right? or you're not good enough to play at the next level. Mm-hmm. Those are the only two reasons why you're here. So he said, if you mess it up now, I can't, that's on you. Right. You're here now. So you gotta, you gotta make the best of it. So that's it. yeah. So when I, when I got there, man, we were Canadians. We had accent. I went with another guy named Chris Johnston. He had a, uh, he's from Nova Scotia too. Mm-hmm. And I clearly obviously asked him about my girl now. Like I was like, yo, What's, what's going on with Nanika? And then he gave me like some information about Nanika because they went to school together. Oh, okay. So, so that kind of egged me on to like find her later on in life too. So right. Chris, Chris did a good job about that. <laughs> nice, nice. And, then, and how did the transfer to uh, Tennessee happen? Oh man, that was, so just, I, I'd finished playing at uh, junior college. Mm-hmm. Again, That like when I got there, I was still learning. My coach was trying to teach us the right way to play in terms of footwork, how to come out on the screen, right. how to shoot, what to look for. There's a lot of like small things that he was trying to like still develop with us. Mm-hmm. And so even before I got to Tennessee, the first year we did so, we had a very talented team. My team, my coach, he, he brought in a lot of talent, guys from UNLV, t- Dallas, Texas. Mm-hmm. But you, if you have a lot of talented players, you guys don't gel as well. Right. Because you got and egos. So, yeah. And I, I was a rookie, right? I was a freshman. I didn't even care about that. I was just trying to play. And right. I, I didn't care. So then the second year now, our coach, at the end of that season, our coach brought myself and Chris Johnson and off the two Canadians. Mm-hmm. And he said straight on, we was like, look, I love you guys. You guys are good. I really appreciate you guys for coming out. Um, but I would love to have you guys for next season. And also, I'm going to clear the whole roster. And we're like, wait, what? He's like, we're going to clear the whole roster. We're not bringing no one back but you two. And when we bring you back, we're going to give you guys that leadership role. And, you know, I want to move forward within my career here at, at Kilgore College with you guys. Because you guys, as my foundation group, right? Whatever happened the year before, we're not going to really, you know, we don't want to talk too much about it. But mm-hmm. as the new freshmen come in and the transfers come in, we want to do that culture, like, you know? So... Right. He put us in that role. Year two comes around. We just do it. We kill it. And then, um, yeah. And then now I, we had a great season. Um, it's time for us to go up to the next step. So yeah. all of us are eager to like really graduate, do your schooling, right? Do your schoolwork and everything. So Tennessee came around where I came back home from Duke. Well, I was in the summertime and coach Roe Russell. Yeah made a phone call to coach Jackson who was a head assistant coach at Tennessee Martin. Mm-hmm. And 
I, like things work so so mysteriously, man. Like I thank God. I thank like how everything worked out. Like I was coming toward the end of like I think August twenty first when school started, and I still wasn't signed to a school yet. And Dwayne's at George Washington, mm-hmm. and then Coach Rose like, you know, don't worry, just you know, keep working out, keep calm, keep doing your thing. When when your when your number's called, you gotta go. I said, all right, I got you. And then I was patient. And then so I think August 27th came, like a week later, school started. And then I got the scholarship. Like it literally happened like that. Like, I don't know. For me, it happened like that. Maybe there's like way more stuff that was involved. Yeah. But I had I had good film. Coach had talked to my JUCO coach. And they sent over, they faxed over the stuff. They, back then they had facts. <laughs> old school, old school. Oh, old Young bucks don't know about those yet. Back <laughs> machine. I think I went to center trying to get that that paperwork signed. Cause you know where where, where am I going to fax machine? Right, right. So yeah, I signed the paperwork. Um, I was so excited. Um, Gertrude was with me. Fofi was with me. Um, I was just I was thrilled, man. Like once that happened, it was like okay, now uh, you know. Now I call that process like I had like when you go JUCO, mm-hmm. you have to earn another scholarship. So in my eyes, I had earned one, and this is my second time earning a second scholarship. Mm. So again, now I'm in a learning phase of like like earning what I want. So I definitely took that as a lesson too, because it could have been took I signed last minute. So now I got on campus and I'm a week late. I didn't do no tests, no quizzes. Right. I have no classes picked. So now it's like. They're trying to get me adjusted up to speed. Like these guys already started running the track, and I'm the last guy in. Right. But again, I had practice at this in my head because I went to came to Jungle, and my first, first I had an opportunity to be Dane Smith, brand new. Mm. I went to school in uh, West Hill. It's yeah. my second opportunity of being Dane Smith, brand new. Then yes. I went to school in the states, Dane Smith, brand new. So then I got to Tennessee. It was my fourth go at it. So it was like you know I kind of knew what to say, what not to do, and all that stuff. Right. So. Wow. In that perspective. That's that's a that's an incredible journey. <laughs> so I'm gonna shift gears a bit. Okay. What what do you have going on right now, business wise, or programs or projects? Uh so right now I currently have um two things going on. Uh two companies that I've just founded, like literally um I think one of them started was founded in 2013 and the other one's founded like the ideas of it was 2013, but legally, paperwork wise, um, 2018. Okay. Because um, one's a consulting company. Okay. Where I generally consult for um, businesses, banks, um, non for profits, mm-hmm. as well as uh, personal training, health, and just super general. Um, okay. General consulting. Again, it can get really really complicated too as well because I do companies and stuff and when I consult for not-for-profits, I go into their building, I don't do anything, I just sit there in the room, we can we talk, we figure out what works, what doesn't work and yeah, so with that being said, I only do, uh, with my consulting job, I only do contract work, I don't look for any like short gigs that pays cash, right. I just do contract work mm-hmm. um, and then my other business, um, it's a not-for-profit um, I was working downtown Cabbage Town Youth Center, mm-hmm. and I had firsthand like in being in the building, day in day out, day in day out. So I was there for almost like three years, like when I would finish playing, right. and I got firsthand on how to run a how to run a non for profit. And so they didn't know I was 
looking to make a non-for-profit, but I see it as a great opportunity. Hey, let me go ahead and open my non-for-profit now. Mm-hmm. And while I'm learning, working on this non-for-profit, I can, you know, make the adjustments. So till this day, um, we ran like uh, at least five programs. We have a media arts program, which um, pushes out short film projects. And I give the youth the ideas how to um, construct their own short films, within, whether it's two minutes, three minutes, right. or five minutes or an hour. Like we give them the proper tools and we receive funding for it too. Right. Um, we run basketball programs. We run uh, back to school events, um, haircut, um, backpack drives. And then um, I think we're going to now do a, uh, going into this fall, we're going to do a fitness program with the Boys and Girls Club. Okay. At four locations. Uh, we're working on that contract now within the not-for-profit. Mm-hmm. But um, other than that, man, I've spent a lot of emails and, you know, I just meet the right people, the right place at the right time. We just try to take it from face value right. to, to meetings and try to, like, elaborate. Just work out the details because, you know, it, it, it's tough now anyways to do anything because COVID yeah. and restrictions. And obviously, like, once you're a business owner, you really just want to do things how you want to do it. Yeah. But then you have to comply to, like, a lot of stuff. So right. it's just a lot of adjustments. So what's the consulting company's name? It's called Barna in Design. Okay. And that's so funny. You're the first person to ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it, it, you wouldn't find it, though. You wouldn't find it on the web or anything. No, no, no. Um, that's, that's, I kept it like that. Um, and basically, design design part came in because if I'm consulting, whether it's marketing or anything, mm-hmm. design is so broad. So I can design a bathroom if right. I really wanted to. Right. But it's still consulting. I can design a uh, full-out scale of like a basketball camp. I can give you the blueprint. Still, It's still like, you know, right. consulting. So right. catch is super broad. And and the nonprofit, what is that one called? Um, that one, again, was called uh, Varna. And Var- it was first called Varna Basketball, but then I had so much meetings with people. And the name Varna obviously is like, has to be mindful in some areas where that name is called. So mm-hmm. I had to switch it to the, the association.ca. That's the whole okay. entire name. So it's just the association. You can find it online at any time. It's just everything's on there. Now the association was more so to let people and businesses know that we're associate, we're, we're an association. Mm-hmm. We're not in corporate. We're therefore there's more to just meeting me. Like there's a board of directors and, there's so much going on. So like when people meet me, they think it's just me, but I'm like, it's not like, it's like five other people that's on, that's on payroll too. So, right. You know? Right. Wow. So how did you, the, I mean, you kind of described it, which is, which is good. Now, mm-hmm. So what's your goal with the association? My goal with the association is to establish a building and operate as a not-for-profit. Like, and that's how simple we kept it. Um, that's also a big step too. Like once you get to a building, there's like a lot of overhead and stuff like that. But right, yeah, the ultimate goal, man, like, you know, me seeing how it was done in the center, seeing how it was done like in other gyms and mm-hmm. even gyms in the States, just to have that freedom, just walking in and just like, you know, like this is what you've built for the community. Right. And it's not like, whoever lives in the community, just like me, it could be the basketball community. It could be right. um, the music exactly. community, just like building that, that, that culture. Mm-hmm. And the first place I did see it though, I'm not going to lie, was in Arizona. With nice. Mike Bibby. Mike Bibby. 
Oh, wow. Mike Baby, yeah. Yeah, I walked in his gym. I had two kids from Toronto that were like really good, but they still needed a lot of work. But one was overgrown and mm. he was playing with younger kids, but that was his age group. So he was overgrown. So I literally, Mike Baby was sponsored by Jordan. Right. Three, three basketball courts. He had a lady working the front where as soon as you walk in the gym, like you can't touch the court unless you go see her. And God. we walked in and like, we was like, oh no, you gotta go see her. That you gotta go see her before you take your shoes, anything. Right. So you sign, you sign, and that's professionally, right? And my baby didn't enter the gym yet. Mm-hmm. So we signed paperwork, waivers, forms, all this and that. So now we're getting ready to get changed, and three basketball courts are going. And literally, like 20 minutes later, I see Mike baby walk in casual, had his Nike Jordan stuff on, and you know, saying hi to everyone. Mm-hmm. It was a warm feeling. And then he sat there, said hi to Lee that we had to go to to sign some paperwork. And then he got changed and that was, you can tell that was his gym. Like it was super comfortable. So when I seen that, I was like, yo, like that's exactly, that, that looks sick. Like you're not really, like he's just walking in and right. he's about to run a little bit. And then, you know, that's his cardio for the day. And, but he made it seem so like, so good. So now I thought, you know what, maybe I can do that in Toronto too. So that's, that's the end goal for the association. Hopefully we can um, secure a building. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, have some partners as well and, you know, and have it going with that. Awesome. Do you have a timeline for that by any chance? Um, potentially 2000, uh, probably in the next five years. Okay. Um, there's, there's like other stuff in, in place that yeah. we're trying to draw funding from. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, like, I'm, I'm working so hard. Like, if you ask me what I'm doing right now, I'm working so hard at uh, trying to figure out because I do trading too as well, like with the um, Forex world. Mm-hmm. And so like, like, like investment and stuff, I've, I've literally like been studying for almost two years now. And so, I don't know when that, when you mean that studying in. Forex? Yeah, I've been studying like the, the Forex world, how, how to study the charts, mm. how to read algorithms, like okay. how to read, can- it's like so much stuff. And I don't know, I'll give myself maybe two more, two or three more years to like try really figure everything out without right. any errors. So right. once I figure that out, then, you know, I can confidently say that we'll have the funding for the non-for-profit and how we want to. Wow. Are you teaching yeah. that to anybody else as well or no? I yeah. mention it. Like I've mentioned it to people. Um, I, like at first thing I, I try to tell like my nephew, my, my younger, you know, younger, mm-hmm. young people. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, the younger people are more open to doing it now. And yeah. like, so we, they open demo accounts and they think it's a game. Like, like, Oh yeah, coach, look, look, I'm like, cause they call me coach now. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, yo, what'd you go in at? Like, oh, you gotta tell me a number. Oh yeah. How much, how much you up? And we have those conversations and like, they're, they're having fun with it now. Mm-hmm. But if they continue to work at it and by the time like they, really hear about the forex world and the stocks world they, they've already been i've already put them in it so they have an idea versus someone age 25 never heard of nothing so i already put most of my peers most of my young guys like i tell them like you gotta play chess and you have to download these apps and just mess around with it and then i'll actually every time what's that what are you doing mm. so you know i think i think you and i need to talk off air about <laughs> more of that stuff because i have something else that i'm doing that i definitely share that with you as well um, okay. okay. But we'll definitely do that. Tell me yes, about sir. your book. Your book. I, you didn't think I was going to find out about a book, right? Jeez. Wow. 
<laughs> why why did you feel that was necessary? And what inspired it? Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> that book, everything being said with no words. Mm. That's the title of the book. I think um that book, that was the best title I could come up with. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought that I think I hit a point in uh, my career where I wasn't sure if I was gonna like continue just like overall just like being out there not mm-hmm. playing wise just like overall like do I want to like be, get, live a quiet life or just like do I want to be out there still mm-hmm. and in my first year I think in my third year I met a guy named Eric Crookshank right and he played for the Halifax Raymond and every time I I tell him the story and like I thank him like you know that guy gave me the most game I could have ever gotten like for for a vet, because this guy Eric Crookshank, he played for um, Air Canada. Uh, he played for N one, and he was he was a dunker, mm. right? And so he came into my room and like he he talked so much trash. He's like, yo, like he just talks a lot of trash. Like that's it. That's it. That was his game, though, right? So literally one day I went to his room and I seen a book on his table. I'm like, what? You got a book? He's like. He looked at me as a yeah, young sport. He's from LA, a yeah, young sport. I got a book. I'm like, how do you have a book? Mm-hmm. He's like, he, and he straight up said, bro, you think I'm here to play ball? <laughs> that's what he said. Like, literally, like, you think I'm here to play ball? I'm like, what do you mean? And then right there and then, opened up the door for him mentoring me and just giving me like extreme, like real game about business. Real, yeah. real game. Yeah. So he gave me all that knowledge within like, Two seasons of playing with him, and it was. I think that's lit the fire in my my business, mm-hmm. you know, drive even more. Because what I was seeing him do on the court, and what he was accomplishing off the court was crazy. And and so when I seen that, I'm like, you know what? I have all the time in the world, downtime. So I think I wrote the book in in my fourth professional season. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to piece it together, and you know, I just wrote it, and yeah. I just thought that you know maybe. I don't know. I, I personally, like, to be honest, I didn't care who read the book or not. Yeah. But I was just on something like, you know, I want to start this. I'm going to complete it. I want to have a book out there and, you know, just, just put my story out there in a sense, my version. Yeah. And, you know, and I definitely, I picked up any, any uh, milestone point in my life was in that, it's in that book. So jungles in there for sure. Um, meeting my lady, just growing up, uh, Stephen Curry, like every single milestone in my life I just made sure like if I ever had if, if I couldn't talk then mm-hmm. if someone wants to read it here you go and so that was that was that was the mindset with it right and uh yeah so now now you know you have to follow it up with a, an updated version right <laughs> I do I do, I do. <laughs> a I lot do. has changed so you gotta have to come up with another edition where it's updated or something or a different a totally new book where it expands on the new chapter, right? You know what, though? Mm-hmm. What if I told... So what if I told you the short film I did spinned off from the book, though? Oh. But people... You wouldn't know, though. Like, so the book came out, and then I think there's a chapter in the book that obviously jungles are, like, where it's all started. But right. there's a chapter... Like, it's, like, it's not like... A, it's a good read. It's like, mm-hmm. you shouldn't take too long, but it's like a small chapter that kind of describes, like, jungle in, in, in its purity like what, what it meant to me mm-hmm. and then obviously I'm not in high school no more it's a different group Ahmed's right. group now and they're coaching and Bathurst is not a Bathurst it's really Bathurst but yeah. you know they keep switching up the name yeah. 
So it's a complete spinoff. Like one of the chapters spinned off into the short film. Ah. Yeah. Okay. 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 I'm going to have to watch that. I saw, <laughs> I'll send I, it to you. There, I, I will send it to you. I, you, have, you haven't seen it yet? No, I, I saw, I think it was on the website. Um, yeah. But I didn't click on it yet because I figured I'll talk about it here or hear about it and then <laughs> I'll get it. So that's what I didn't want to, I didn't want to ruin the surprise for myself. So. Okay. Okay. I'll send it to you, man. I'll send it to you. And wow. I, like. I appreciate you, that. Yeah. So <clears throat> this is a segment of the show where I have a small session. It's called Thinking Out Loud. Yeah. I'm going to ask you the most random question and I want your quick response to it. Usually it's silly, but this one is not so silly. Let's see how it goes. Okay. Would you rather lose the ability to read or the ability to speak? <laughs> not easy, is it? <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, I would say lose the ability to... Choose wisely. <laughs> to speak. Okay. Why? Then I'd have, I'd have to, I'd be, I'd just have to write. And you know how you learn more without saying anything. So, you know, right. I guess I just keep learning that way. Right. Right. Good, good call. Good call. That was tough though. That was tough. Because <laughs> wow. you got to think about it, right? You really got to think. But I think that's probably the best option um, because you can still tell your story without speaking. Right. Yeah. You, you can still do, you can show, you can write, you can do so many things without speaking. Um, and I think that was important because I thought about it and I said, wait a minute. If if I chose to get rid of the reading aspect, what would yeah. I what would I talk about? That's crazy. I would have nothing to talk about because I wouldn't be reading anything to learn anything new. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you're right, you're right. I was, I almost said no reading too, though. <laughs> but then I'd have to like go off what people say, and I'll, I'll, I'll be played though my whole life. Right, right. <laughs> because if, if you if you pay attention, you you've seen this in your circle of peers and how they shift. Right, you have different circles, different spaces. The loudest person usually knows the least. <laughs> That's uh, true. Right? So they got to be loud to distract everybody from the fact that they know nothing. Yeah. You know, so it's 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 a tricky one. If you pick, you know, to get rid of the reading, then it's like, mm, okay. So I got another little silly one for you. Okay. Yeah. These are not silly, by the way. <laughs> I'm going to ask my, I'm gonna ask you these questions. Now. Well, this one, this one here is really to see how you think. Right? So here's a scenario. Yeah. Let's say someone gave you as a gift an elephant. You can't give it away or sell it. You're not allowed to. Okay. What would you do with the elephant? Hmm. I would potentially make a business out of it. Okay. Like how? Um, I would, cause if I can't sell it and I can't give it away, mm -hmm. uh, and if I have to be around it all the time and which I don't mind that I would try to make, uh, you know, come see the elephant, sit, take a picture of the elephant type of thing. Just mm -hmm. keep it simple. But, um, I would definitely build around the elephant also, like maybe a circus or something. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah, because I feel like, you know, that's like one of those questions where if you have, like, if you have a house, Derek, okay, Derek, what if you had a house, mm-hmm. right? And you can't sell it, and you can't give it away, but you have to be in it every day. Mm-hmm. What would you do? Would you try to make money off it, or would you just live in it, or like how, but you still have to, like, how would you, but you don't have to pay for nothing of the house. Like, how would you try to better the situation? Um, and I have to live in it as well, you said, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'll section it off and I'll rent I'll rent, rent a portion of it or um, maybe convert it so that a part of it, maybe my basement is being rented as a, as a residential home and then maybe on the upper level, half of it might be for a business that somebody <laughs> rent, rents out. If it's just me in there, I'm just... I'm going to live on one side. You can run your business on the other side. Somebody else can rent the bottom. So I'm living free. There you go. So the same thing with the elephant, I guess. Like- right. <laughs> right. But that's the thing, right? So I, I, I put this one in there because a lot of people don't can't think beyond the basic use of the resources <laughs> that they have. Right? Like, yeah. we think I have shoes. All I do with the shoes is wear it. Right? But mm-hmm. what if I'm a shoe collector? What if I don't wear the shoes and I hold on to it until its value increases because there's somebody out there who's uh, a collector and has been looking for this particular model. Now I can put it on eBay. I got a bidding war. I make something off of it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Right? So, or I might donate it to somebody. I don't know. But the point is, you can't Mm -hmm. always just stick to the basic use of um, your your belongings or assets that you might have. Because a lot of people don't realize some of the things they own, they think it's nothing, but the value in it is what they can't see. Yeah. You know, so now we're coming to the end. Okay. What motivates you to work so hard? And you can't say your, your daughter. <laughs> Before she came, you were working hard. So what motivates you? <laughs> oh, man. Honestly, <laughs> What motivates me to work hard as an individual, it's a combination of uh, experiences and just like inner drives. Mm-hmm. Um, like really early, early, early experiences, just being told that, you know, I remember it just being told that like, this is, this is like being cut from a team is always a thing that will drive anybody. Mm-hmm. And being also like, you know, not included as well. Right, because maybe you and your peers go somewhere and you're not included, right? So, uh, for me, I've always been uh, on the outside of things, in the sense that uh, I could have probably been like a really good track and field runner, but mm-hmm. it would have just been me by right. myself. So, I I've had the success. I've had early success in like sports and. I know what it takes. I know the hard work. I really, I actually really know that what hard work can translate into, but you still don't make it because of one or two reasons that you have nothing to do. Right. So I, I pretty much like work hard because I like, I like, the, I like the odds of when I put in the work and I work hard at anything and I know my stats and know my logistics, statistics, everything. Mm-hmm. And if I don't, you know, get the end goal cause I, that I wanted, but at the same time, the journey that it took me to get to certain areas and environment, I, I value that way more than sometimes the end result. And, you know, obviously most people nowadays, they want the end result to be within um, cash value. Right. 
But I find the value in like a lot of stuff that I just go in cold turkey. Mm-hmm. Mostly experiences, like because I'll say yes, like I say yes to a lot, like on my journey to being successful, I said yes to a lot of stuff, knowing I had no idea what was going on. Right, and just play, putting myself in that environment and working hard, researching, doing powerpoints and typing and educating myself. Mm-hmm. I learned how to educate myself really fast within within any project. So. Um, I, I hate the fact that like school, they don't really like give you the blueprint of like, they just give you very vague like stuff to study and stuff, but they don't really like go into depth, like why certain things will make you successful. Right. So I just, I don't know, man, like it just comes from within, man. Like it's, it's a, it's, It comes off from a fire first. I don't want to not being not included, Yeah. but then I want to like be included and then have the spin off to it. How I personally would like to have a spin. And then, you know, that just drives me to like, just do all kinds of things that I have no business doing. So that's the beauty of it though. You're, you're a life learner, right? And I believe that if anybody is a a life learner, opportunities come and they just jump on it, whether they know anything about it or not, they're going to learn and deliver, you know? So I think that's important. That's a, that's a great trait to have. I pride myself in that as well, that there's a lot of things I do that I didn't know anything about. I didn't have any business doing it, but I learned and I said, I'm going to do it. I've said a lot of yeses to do things that I wasn't supposed to be doing. So I can relate to that as you're speaking. <laughs> <at it. laughs> right. Cause I see the opportunity. I'm like, Oh yeah, sure. I'm, I'm your guy for it. Yeah. Right. Then as soon as I leave that space, I'm, I'm on, you know, research duty. Like I'm literally digging in to see, okay, how am I going to deliver this? I got a month. Right. Let's make it happen. And they won't know. They don't have a clue that I just learned that and delivered in a month. Yeah. You know, and that's the beauty of it. So keep it up. That's that's a great thing. Thank you. And then and and then even so, like I knew my I know my weaknesses as well. Exactly. I think uh, one of my weaknesses and like. Like, I don't know, man, like one of my weaknesses that I always like. That I always try to run away from, from mm-hmm. probably grade one all the way to, I think, university. Mm-hmm. I always try to run away from like is reading. To be honest, like mm-hmm. I'm not like I'm not gonna front like like I think I don't think I've ever told anybody this, but like reading like out loud, right? Because obviously I'm cool in the school. I'm cool. I obviously read, but like yo, just having that, I get so anxious. I used to get anxious, anxiety, just like. I have to read my hands are getting wet I'll, I'll bust a sweat yeah and then like obviously once I get going I can read it but then just like that a simple word that off of I value you should know it right maybe I don't know it right but exactly I, I hid from that for so long and then you know by the time I got to university it's like I was more comfortable with reading and stuff so that's one thing I would say I knew my I knew what I feared and I overcame it and then after that I was like you know that's it <laughs> That's it. Yeah. So if, if money was no object for you, what would you do all day? I would be with my family mm-hmm. <laughs> and just watch my daughter grow and just provide the best environment for her. Because if money is not an object, that means I don't have to exactly. work as hard. I don't have to do a lot of things. And I still would do community work right. overall. Um, I would still be have my hand in developing younger people because mm-hmm. they, they when they, they always seek guidance not they seek guidance knowledge so I would still be in that position but overall you know I, I, yeah I would love to like just 
know, value my daughter's time and just like really enjoy it. Cause anything can happen, man. Like someone can get, you can get, you can be ill yep. and miss a lot of opportunities. Like, yep. you know, you can have a illness that can take you That's it. maybe two years, you know, you just never know. So like, yeah. I know timing is just like, I would love to watch my daughter grow every day, man. That's what's up. Now, yeah. as your friend, how would you want me to remember you? When it's all said and done, I would. How, how should I remember Dane Smith? As a friend, I would like you free to remember me as a person that was that you can count on, just in the sense of like you know, um, you 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 see me grow up, Derek. Yeah. You've seen like how you know how hard it was with just our whole community. Um, I'd want you to remember me as a guy that didn't like disappoint the, the, the neighborhood. I didn't disappoint. Like I didn't like, you know, give our, our area that a bad name, like that always uplifted, you know, what we all like represent. Cause we're all cut from the same cloth. So, you know, it's like, it's like a brotherhood, yeah. um, you know, just remember me as a guy that, you know, that tried to do all the right things and just, you know, influence the next generation. No, I, I hear that. I hear that. It's not an easy question because no. you're being forced to kind of think in the, you know, for the future and, and, and maybe it's something you haven't really got a chance to process, but I, I hope that you process that because it's important and it's, <clears throat> you don't have to say it, but your actions are, are painting that picture already. Right. So all the things that you're doing for other people is how you're going to be remembered. Words can't describe that. It's literally your action and and how the receiver, um, you know, of your actions, the people that are receiving the gifts that you're offering are the ones that are going to tell your story. Yeah. Right. So now <clears throat> what's what's the most recent book that you've read and what was it about? Uh, the most recent book I read, I would honestly, yo, to be real, the Bible. Bible. I just been I just been in the Bible, like just in the Word, because um, I just like to listen. Uh, I, I just read the Bible, man. Just Proverbs, King Solomon's uh, mm-hmm. chapters in the Bible. Cause I look for guidance all the time. Yeah, and it's just like I like I just pick up the Bible and just like go at it, read chapters. That's it. That's it. That's like literally the last book I've read. I appreciate that. I can respect that. And <clears throat> before we wrap things up. Can you leave our listeners with any statement to guide them on their journey? Yeah. Um, so for everyone that's tuning in to the podcast, I want to thank you for giving up your time to um, pay attention to our conversation. Um, words of wisdom or you know, just word of guidance I would give to you as a listener and on your journey is that you can honestly do anything that you put your mind to, but if you have a plan, like if you take the time to write a storyboard, right? How you're going to do things, how you're going to get there, what steps you're going to take. I think that will start to build a foundation for you as a person to get to your end goal, right? And once you start to do that and um, hopefully you fall in love with that process because uh, it's, it's all a pattern. Um, everything you do, you're going to do it over and over and over and over again, right? So the earlier that you can get used to seeing your end goal, 
seeing where you are, literally mapping it out. Like I, I, so much people say this and they don't like, it's, it's hard to give like the, the full out, like what it takes to do, but you really have to write step. Like I want to get to this step one, it's three things you got to do to get step one. We're going to step two, three more things, step three, three more. And just fall in love with that process and that journey. And honestly, that being said, that's where that cliche phrase comes where sky is the limits, but if you plan it. So again, like, you know, just, just uh, keep going hard, uh, make good decisions for your health as well. Um, one thing I don't like is how Toronto is right now. Um, they put so much emphasis on, um, you know, advertising like alcohol and drinking and, and tobaccos and all that stuff. They put so much money to advertising that, right? But you just have to remember a lot of stuff that you see is man-made. And so you, you got to be resistant to some of the stuff that you see every single day. So um, that being said, just uh, know who you are, know yourself and make the right decisions. I appreciate that so much. Nah, that's, that's, that's truth, man. That's truth right there. So yeah. before I let you go, how can the people reach you? What's your social media handle? How can they learn more about your organization, the consulting, all that good stuff? How can people reach you and get in touch with you, follow you, learn more about what you're doing and support what you're doing? Thank you. Um, so uh, first uh, page where I can certainly be found at is on Instagram. That's the new, like, you know, Facebook. Uh, my handle is at who is Dane Smith. More than likely, uh, just shoot me a DM and, you know, um, or an idea, and I'll get back to you as soon as, as I can. Uh, second place is Facebook again, um, Dane Smith. Um, other than that, um, our, our official website for the nonprofit is theassociation.ca. On the website, you see um, a lot of stuff. Like um, you, you can click make an impact if you would like to donate, or if you like to see programs, there's programs on the site. And um, yeah, other than that, like I'm, I'm just, you know, Instagram works for me like it's my cell phone. So I'll definitely check in and see it. And so, you know, we can wrap at any time. Awesome. I appreciate that. I want to take this opportunity to thank our listeners for joining us this week on the Derek Asante podcast show, also known as DAPS. Uh, special thanks to our guest, Dane Smith. I appreciate you so much for jumping on and making this happen. Um, we'll definitely politic outside of this episode and just build from there. Um, for those of you tuning in and supporting us every week, please make sure you share it, send the link out, subscribe. By the way, if you log on and download um, Podbean, that's where you can actually start the conversation with me. Um, you know, post some of your comments and I'll definitely reply to you and get the dialogue going. The idea here is just to shift the conversations that are happening or not happening in your own circles. So I bring some of my favorite people on here so that we can kind of inspire you to start a dialogue in your own circles. Without further ado, until next episode, love, peace and nappiness.